Hi, everyone. It's Carrie from All the Social Ladies, and I've got an offer just for you. Social Fresh has a conference coming up in September in Tampa, Florida. Social Fresh 2015. It is where the world's leading social marketers get inspired, and I'm so excited to be recording this podcast live from there this September. I'd love to invite you to join me. So head on over to socialfreshconference.com and use the special code ATSL for 50 additional dollars off your admission. It's an amazing conference. I was there last year, and I hope you'll join me this year and help record some All the Social Ladies podcasts. If you'd like to be a guest and record one of your social ladies tips, it would be a great time to come on down. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kirpin. Now, Carrie Kirpin. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of All the Social Ladies. And today's episode is going to be really, really exciting. I am CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kirpin, and today I'm not just here with one social lady. I might actually be here with all the social ladies. And by all the social ladies, I mean all the social ladies of Contiki Vacations, which is a travel company that's dedicated to empowering young Americans aged 18 to 35 to explore the world. Today, I am here with President Melissa De Silva, Director of Marketing Rita Kelly, and the Public Relations Manager V. Spear. And I couldn't be more excited to have them on today because I've been watching what they do in the space, and it's really incredible. So welcome, ladies. Hi, Carrie. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Yay! All the social ladies. Very wonderful. I'm so excited. And so I'd like each of you to tell me a little bit, you know, we have a lot of listeners uh, at different stages in their careers. And so I would love for each of you to talk a little bit about how you got to Contiki. And let's start with, you know, in your career path, let's start with you, Melissa, how you got to become the president of Contiki Vacations. Well, my story's a little interesting, I think. When I was at university, I actually took my very first international trip with Contiki. So I'm one of our, you know, quintessential passengers. I got my passport to go on a Contiki trip. I spent 30 days traveling around Europe. And when I got back, I had been bitten by the travel bug. And so I continued my career in travel. And I spent a really long time working for a youth travel agency. And then about two and a half years ago, Kentucky was looking for a new president, and I just thought it was the most perfect fit. So I put my hand up, and here I've been ever since. Wow. And so it sounds like it was a lot to do with the passion that you have for the travel industry and just overall what Kentucky brings to the table for, for young people. Absolutely. I, I feel very strongly that travel positively impacts um anybody who travels, but particularly young people while they're in their really formative years. And so it's just been one of those things. It's it's a great job to get up and come to work in the morning and just feel real good about what you do. And I couldn't think of a better job to have. Incredible. And how about you, Rita, just in, in becoming the director of marketing? Tell me a little bit about your career path. 
My career path is a little bit different than Melissa's. I actually started my career in traditional brand and digital um, agencies where about 15 years ago I worked in a traditional advertising agencies and I was actually marketing dirt, believe it or not, um, where wow. I worked in the home building industry. So we were marketing basically, um, you know, communities, master plan communities here in um, Orange County. And um, from there I actually realized that um, being able to market dirt was really exciting, but I wanted to go through different <laughs> verticals as well. And I made the shift a little bit towards the digital agency side. Um, I shifted specifically because our clients' marketing budgets were shifting, shifting from traditional as well to digital. And so I wanted to make sure that I had the full realm um, of marketing and advertising on that end. And then as I got into that about 15 years later, I realized, you know what, I wanted a little bit more control into the actual brand side, specifically working for the client as opposed to working for mm -hmm. a digital agency. And so um, that allowed me to uh, basically take a calling from LinkedIn um, that Melissa had put out for director of marketing about a year and a half ago. And so here I am today. Wow. So going from the agency side to the brand side was really the big, the big shift for you in coming to Kentucky. That's awesome. You yes. literally lifted yourself from the dirt into, <laughs> into a, digi a digital space and then headed right on over to Kentucky. I love it. Awesome story. Yes. And v, v, how about you? So my path is also very different from both Melissa and Rita. I have a background in entertainment and tourism. That's what my college degree was in for communications. Okay. And I actually went the entertainment route as opposed to the tourism route. I worked as a production assistant at E! Entertainment, which was very different 10 years ago than it is now with the Kardashians and the reality yes. television. Yes. Very different. And I decided about two years into the entertainment space that I wanted a change. And I went into other different mediums in the communication space and somehow found myself teaching abroad in China. And wow. after I came back from teaching English in China, I realized that travel was such an amazing, as Melissa said, transformative experience for somebody that was young. I was you know, just starting out my career. And it turns out that social media and the fact that I was using Yelp blogging about my experience when I was living in China and with my communications background, that all culminated into Kentucky looking for a person that could be in that online content space and do public relations. So it all just fell together with my travel experience, my communications background, and my love for wanting to be one of those people that inspires other people to go out and change their life with travel. I love that. And I love, you know, you all have very different stories, but you do have some interesting common themes about kind of following your passion and doing what you're really interested in. And I love what Rita said, too, about anticipating the next move and looking at what was, you know, traditional media going then to digital. A really great sort of commonalities amongst the different stories. And so now you're all at Kentucky. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what Kentucky does, which we know a little bit about them as a travel company, but specifically your approach in social. So in social, I think we look at social media as a two-pronged uh, tool for us. So part of it is definitely about engaging our existing travelers and customers. I don't think we use it as much to find new customers, although if we do, that's fantastic. But we really want to maintain a relationship with those people who already know about Kentucky and love Kentucky and, and really have that brand oh. love with us. The other thing that we really use it for is um, as a service tool. So nowadays, especially our demographic, the millennials, 
they turn to social media, whether it's Twitter or Facebook, um, you know, Yelp, to basically correspond with us, to tell us what we're doing great and what we're not doing so great. And we need to be able to respond to those very quickly. And so we really look at it as any other mode of communication. If somebody tweets at us, we're going to respond to that as quickly as if we were picking up a phone call. I love that. And so I actually love what you said about it being less of a tool to engage new participants within Contiki and more about a way to engage with those who already love you and those who need to communicate with you. When you have when you have a young audience like this, is it important to stay uh, you know on every new network? Are they immediately going off to new networks or are you finding that the tried and trues are where they're communicating? Are they mostly communicating on Facebook and Twitter or are they shifting to kind of newer networks? Where are you finding that they're doing most of their communicating? Well, we're, we keep an eye on all of the emerging channels, I think, but primarily they are communicating with us on the on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, we will keep an eye out on the other channels to see if there's ways that we can be useful and effective on those channels, but we don't need to be everywhere all the time. And I think that it's important to really have a strategy for each channel and not just be there for the sake of being there. Absolutely. And how do you, when you're looking at what matters to you and kind of how, how social attaches to your business goals, how are you measuring whether or not you're, you're successful in social media? Is it by reach? Is it by engagement? What is it that you're, you're looking at to see, hey, this is working really well? Well, our approach to socials uh, applied a little bit differently depending on the channel that we're at. So specifically for Facebook, it's it's kind of our all-purpose channel, if you will. Um, it works to basically achieve, you know, any kind of our brand messaging, any of our objectives, any kind of um, reaching engagements that we're looking at. So if we mm -hmm. are going to look for new audiences, let's just say, we would do that through Facebook because we know that there's opportunities to do it through Facebook. Um, but specifically for Twitter, we're being more open, more reactive. Um, and to Melissa's point, you know, that's a lot of our customer service is coming through Twitter as well because it's such um, a channel where people are, you know, expecting that reaction. And so for that in particular, we're looking at it from like an engagement perspective. Um, we're seeing if we're able to drive traffic to our actual website. So those are some of the engagement levels and KPIs that we're measuring. Um, Instagram is definitely more of like a visual strength channel for us. Mm -hmm. um, it's a way for us to inspire our audience. And, and so we're not really looking at it from um, any kind of um, tool as opposed to just inspiration, if you will. And then YouTube, um, the biggest thing with YouTube is we don't just host our content on that channel. We really treat it as like a social network specifically and kind of an entertainment platform. So measuring specific KPIs for that would be like reach through views, um, any kind of discoverability, engagement, things like that specifically on YouTube. So as Melissa alluded to initially, we really look at the strategy first, why we're on those channels, and then be able to adjust and see what type of KPIs are going to be important for us while we're on those channels, as opposed to just being there because it's a social media channel that, that's available to our audience. Um, we also look at social media through um, certain campaigns that we are um, putting together. So um, we have an upcoming campaign for our Summer Europe brochure launch. And that one in particular, I'm sure we're going to have some type of strategy that we're going to put in place for Snapchat, which is a new channel for us. But yes. again, we won't be there unless we have a strategy in particular and we know what we're trying to measure specifically with our audience because we don't want it to be just a channel of value to us. We want to make sure that we're there for our audience and that there's a value for them as well. Now, if I were to ask each of you, 
what the best thing Kentucky has done in social? What's your absolute favorite thing? Would you have the same answer or would you each have a different answer? What do you think? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> we'll have to find out. Okay. So everyone right now, close your eyes and think of your favorite thing that Kentucky has ever done. Now you cannot change the answer. Okay. No shifting. If, if Melissa says something and then you're like, Oh yeah, that was great. No, it has to be the original closed eye answer. Do you promise? Promise. Okay. I love the collective promise. Okay. <laughs> let's go. And let's start with V. V, what's your favorite thing? My favorite thing to date has got to be our road trip, uh, mainly because the road trip for just background purposes, since the listeners don't know what road trip is, it's yes. our gathering of YouTube influencers from all over the world. We put them on a very amazing race style competition where they go to a destination that Kentucky goes to and they are able to participate in challenges, create video content, and also give their viewers an opportunity to win a Kentucky trip as well. It's been an opportunity for us to raise our profile in the YouTube space. Obviously the YouTubers have tremendous reach for us. Uh, they also have social media followings that we previously had never tapped into before and it also produces video content on a multitude of levels for across the board in terms of topics, whether it's a fashion blogger, a travel writer, a food blogger, vlogger, any of those people. And I think that we're going into our fifth year of doing the road trip program. And it's been one of my favorites so far, just because the personalities have been so diverse. That is going to be very hard to top. That is a killer, killer program. Rita, what have you got? Same or different? It is actually the exact same. I agree of with you 100%. It is one of our top campaigns that we have put together year over year. And it has been so extremely successful for us. Um, and successful for us in, in views also from an organic perspective. So we're noticing a lot of people are coming to Kentiki.com where, um, you know, organically they want to know more about us. They want to see what we're, we're all about. And getting them to be inspired through these influencers and what Kentiki brings to the table and then having them come to our site and get inspired for themselves is such a wonderful um, objective for us as well. And seeing that come through just by this campaign is really exciting for us. That's incredible. And finally, Melissa, same or different? Different. Well, I love the road trip. I have to go with storytellers. So once a year, we take influencers on a trip where we run a conservation project. And last year was in particular my favorite. We took Instagram influencers and we took them to Costa Rica where we have a um, partnership with the con turtle conservation down there. And they took some of the most amazing of photographs, put them on Instagram and really not only raised awareness for Kentucky, but also for a very worthy cause where, um, you know, we're protecting essentially an endangered species or not. We are not. We are helping protect an endangered species down there with our partner. And it was um, some astounding photography and for a very good purpose. I love it. And I love that you had a different one, too, because I thought nothing could top road trip. But that is definitely comparable. It's, I'm very, very impressed. So it's, it sounds like some of your favorite campaigns that you've done are around utilizing influencers. Can you talk to me a little bit about how that works and if there are any best practices that you have in terms of working with influencers? Because I know that it can be a very touchy subject for some brands. Some brands have really hit on it and some brands have really, really missed in terms of how they work with them. So I would love some tips on that. 
Sure. So Road Trip is a testament exactly to the success that we've had with working with influencers. The millennials tend to look towards their peers, their peer group, in order to be inspired, influenced, and make decisions. They don't want to hear from the brand directly. They want to hear from people who are experiencing the brand and who can also showcase what the brand offers. So for me, when it look, when I'm looking for particular influencers or social media uh influencers to work with, we're always looking for people who, one, have a brand fit and a brand voice. They need to have the same tone of voice and the same passion for travel and inspiring young people to travel. So being 18 to 35, obviously, is one of the criteria that we look for, but also just the style and what the message is that comes across in their content. So while we could go after those people that have millions and millions of followers, their content needs to also speak to the Kentucky audience. It needs to resonate with why we want young people to travel, what's so great about the world. And we focus on really letting the influencers themselves come up with the content as opposed to dictating to them what our brand wants out of their content because they're the ones that are the subject matter experts. They know their audience, they know their brand, and they know how to fit our brand into what they're already creating. So we like to give them some flexibility in terms of how they're going to create their content and then give them guidelines as to what the Kentucky brand is all about. And usually, as you can see from Road Trip, Storytellers, and some of the other campaigns we've done, they produce phenomenal content that even I couldn't sit and brainstorm. So we really do put a lot of that focus and I encourage other brands to really let the influencers and the content creators come up with the ideas themselves and make it a collaborative experience because the content will speak for itself and the audience will really take that into consideration. So it sounds like I heard two things. First is when you're selecting the influencers, you want to make sure that they're relevant, right? That they're people who, it's, it's not always about volume and number of followers. It's more about do they really represent and speak, speak to the type of person you want for the brand. And then Absolutely. the other... The, yes. And the other piece that I heard was really about letting them create the content without trying to be um, too, without trying to dictate it too much, giving them guidelines, but letting them really kind of do it on their own and, and feel empowered to do that because that's what they do as a business anyway, right? Exactly. And really the message that we always tell people is that travel is a singular experience. There's there's only one way to travel, it's your way. So for us to tell them how to travel would be contradictory to the message that we send out to our community and to our travelers. We want them to showcase the experience that they get that's unique to them. Everyone can travel on a Kentucky, but there could be 50 people that have 50 different experiences. Why try to put it into a cookie cutter mold when everyone's experience is so beautiful? They get something great out of travel. Absolutely. Okay, social ladies. So we're going to do the, the closed eye again because that worked so well. So we're going to close our eyes and we're all going to think about the biggest challenge facing Kentucky in social media. So everyone think of the biggest challenge and let's see if we all have the same one. We all commit, right? We're not changing our answers. We're there. We're thinking biggest challenge, the thing that keeps me up. What is it? Go. Let's start with Melissa. Um, okay, so my biggest challenge is building a social army. So it's really engaging all of those people that work with Kentucky and are part of the Kentucky brand and, and getting them to share out, um, you know, relevant brand messages with their own audiences. Um, so to me, that's that's the, been the challenging part and um, trying to find tools that will help enable them and empower them them to do that because not everybody's comfortable on all of the different channels. I'm a perfect example of that. So how can we give them the tools to do that? That's that's definitely been my biggest challenge and one that we've been working on for the last about year. 
Love it. Rita. Mine's a little different. I would say it's um, being able to maintain the customer service level, like following the sun, if you will. Yes. Um, so we have um, a lot of, like our Facebook channel, for instance, is a global channel. So we have customers from all over the world that are going to be engaging with us. And if they have any kind of customer service question or challenge that they have and they um, need an immediate response, we want to be there for them. And it could potentially be where, you know, there's different hours of the day. And so it could be where the U.S. region is sleeping, but the Australian region has the ability to be able to answer any kind of customer service questions specifically. Um, so we, we do a really good job, I think, of maintaining the challenge and being able to um, accommodate our customers specifically around um, the sun. But there are times where it could potentially be challenging if we're trying to get a hold of another region while we're, you know, they're sleeping and we're awake. So being able to just have really good management around that and communication internally to make sure that we are there and answering any questions that our customers have on our social channels. Awesome. I think that challenge is part of what makes you guys so great. I mean, you're that you're dealing with it, you know, really going around the sun, getting every hour, you know, really looking at a global approach and, and you do it so, so well. So I, I, I get that it's a challenge, but you should be really proud of the great work you've done. And how about you, V? Bring it on home. Challenge. All right. So my challenge is different than the other two because I, I put that. on a public relations hat. And the one thing that I really worry about or the challenge that I face is the brand awareness and breaking through the noise in social media, establishing that Kentucky is a travel company for young people. It's not a singles tour. It's not uh, tour is not a dirty four letter word. It's the idea that people can travel any way that they want to travel, but they should consider Kentucky as one of those options because of the way that you could meet new friends, you're traveling the world, you're changing your life. And getting that message across, especially on social media, is probably one of the biggest challenges that I face because there are so many more options now. People can book their own travel, their own way. There's so many different companies and different travel ideas and inspiration out there. So that's probably one of the biggest things that I face here at Kentucky is getting our message across, uh, across the social media channels and really getting people to understand our brand. That's a great challenge. And I think that type of challenge is something that you can really drill home with kind of your ever, evergreen everyday sort of content, really drilling it into people about how how Kentucky differs and how it's a great option for travel. And it's it's great. You guys, you guys are doing such great things. It's wonderful to hear. And I loved I love the three different challenges. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. OK, you guys, so now we're going to play a game since I like how this is working. We're going to play our game of season two, which is called likable, lovable, and loathable. So I'm going to name something, and you're going to immediately think on your head if it's likable, lovable, or loathable. Now, if only we had video right now, I would have you each <laughs> hold up a sign that would say it, and we would play it like the newlywed game. But instead, we're going to call it out on three and see how it goes. I'll let you come to a consensus, okay? So you can talk amongst yourselves and really come to the consensus on what this is. And you can, you can fight it out too if you feel differently and feel free to fight it out. It'll be really a fun, interesting event. So <laughs> here we go, we're gonna try it. So that because you're a travel company, I think this one is particularly relevant. Likeable, lovable, or loathable, selfie sticks. Ooh. That's a Ooh. good one. Debate it out. <sighs> I don't know. I think that there's pros and cons to the selfie stick. I yeah. am a, a fan of not allowing them at places where you're going to potentially poke somebody's eye out. Um, yeah. You know, the fact Disney's banned them and major tourist attractions where it's 
very crowded. But at the same time, I think the ability to get a group shot without giving your camera to a stranger is also nice as well. Yeah. Oh. I think that would fall into the likable. Yeah, yeah. likable. It's not completely loathable, but at the same time, I, I certainly don't, don't love, love it. it. Yeah, yeah, so it's, likable. It's, it's borderline, right? It could be. Yeah. You never know. It, it sounds like you guys are on the likable, but maybe lowercase l like. Yes, yeah. very lowercase l. Likeable, <laughs> a soft likeable. Yeah. Okay, um, let's go with, uh, this is another one good for travel. So live streaming. So the Periscope, Meerkat movement, the sort of all of like this live streaming kind of stuff for brands. What do you think? Lovable. <laughs> oh, love it. I love it. We need to do a, a live stream of an entire Kentucky trip. That would be really fun. Make like a reality television show out of it. It could be really an interesting sort of thing. I love that. Whole trip, we could probably win some sort of like award for longest live stream too, I think. Longest yeah. live stream in the history of ever. It's been like I mean, honestly, yeah, with our with our trip managers, they are just their personalities are so fantastic and they do such an excellent job on Twitter that to be able to just kind of be there and be on the spot with them and just our biggest thing is obviously inspiring young Americans to travel right so how best to inspire somebody than to show them what you could be doing where you could be right and now. the events that you could be performing right now exactly yeah, totally. and so kind of coming to them through live stream with that through our trip managers and kind of having that available to them is just such a lovable thing in our opinion yeah oh I love it there was not a hesitation on it. Loveable. Okay. <laughs> How do we feel about real-time marketing? So participating in kind of pop culture conversations uh, as Kentucky. Lovable. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. I like it. Loveable. Um, okay. So how do we feel about uh, erasable media, things like Snapchat and things that, that disappear? Oh. We're humming and hawing. We we don't know yet. Yeah, it's definitely not loathable. Um, no, but I don't know if I quite love it yet because it remains to be seen that it's completely erased. I know that with Snapchat, it's now evolving, and people who are using it are beginning to see the value in doing the Snap Stories. That twenty four hours is plenty of time to share an experience, and it goes back to the Periscope, the live streaming, where you can see what's happening right now, and you get a glimpse of what's happening right now. But at the same time, does it work for our brand? Does it work to have erasable media that people can't go back to and enjoy and absorb the way that you can with Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter? I'm not quite sure. I think it'll be remain to be seen as to how we use it. And back to Rita's point, we're still coming up with our actual strategy for that channel. But we think that there's definitely going to be value in Snapchat for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And last one is paid media and social. So Facebook ads, Twitter ads, all of the advertising across across the platforms. Love Love yeah. <laughs> they work, right? They work. Yeah, they, they work. Do. They do. And you have to be very mindful of what you're putting out there. And it has to be relevant. I mean, I know it's still paid, but it definitely needs to be relevant. And I think that's where you see your, your biggest ROI. And those are the areas that you can absolutely measure. So um, being able to do paid media, absolutely something that we love. Yay. Well, good news, ladies. You are all really aligned on each of those likable, lovable, lovable. So I'm very impressed. You guys are, are working together and doing, <laughs> and doing great things. And so if people are interested uh, first in following or finding any of the great content that Kentucky is putting 
something out, where should they go? And if they're interested in taking a trip, if we have some of our younger listeners are interested, I'm sad. I've sadly aged out of 18 to 35. This is making me really depressed, ladies, as I'm thinking about it. (laughs) But (laughs) if they want to follow you, where should they go? What should they do? I think the easiest thing is just to go directly to our website, which is kontiki.com, C-O-N-T-I-K-I, and they can get to all of our social channels from there, and they can also check out all of our trips and other inspiration and just, you know, find the perfect trip for them. Get out and explore the world. Awesome. It was wonderful having you on, ladies. Thank you for joining me today, and you are fabulous social ladies. Thank, Thank you, Harry. So Yay! You guys did great. <laughs> you are awesome. That, that actually worked so well in the... You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This week's episode is brought to you by the Social Fresh Conference. You can visit them at socialfreshconference.com and book your ticket today. Social Fresh's conference is where the world's leading social marketers get inspired. And today I have a special offer for you to save $50. The code to enter is ATSL. That's ATSL as in all the social ladies. I'll be down there recording live and I look forward to seeing you. It's a killer conference.